Live and local, this is The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. And a great good afternoon and happy Friday, baby. September 23rd, the year 2022, second day of fall. And man, it's hot as blazes. Hot as blazes, but the sun is out. No complaining here. And we've got a jam-packed football Friday for you and yours. And we'll get to that in just a minute. But my main man, James Mesh, back in the master control suite. Sitting in the producer's chair, spinning the tunes, pushing all the buttons. He's on the campus of Delta Media, which houses KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. We're also on 1041 in Lake Charles. We're streaming around the world, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. If you happen to be in the Acadiana area and you got a television set, plop it on. Because we're also simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. Did you miss the headlines of the day? Not to worry. The Blonde Bomber has you covered. Here is Holtberg's headlines. Well, last night in NFL action, it was the uh, Cleveland Browns taking care of business and beating the Pittsburgh Steelers 29 to 17. Uh, the running game um, of, of Nick Chubb t- just... 23 carries, 113 yards, Jacoby Brissett, 21 of 31 for 222 touchdowns, no interceptions. Whew, Cleveland um, taking care of business. They are now 2-1 and one on the campaign. The President's Cup underway, day two. USA with a 4-1 lead after day one, and now on day two, all turning up red for the United States. Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, two up through 10. Scotty Scheffler, Sam Burns, who had the shot of the day, about a 90-foot eagle putt, nothing but Drano. They're one up through nine. Cam Young and Kevin Kistner, one up through eight. Patrick Cantley and Xander Shoffley, four up through seven. And Billy Herschel and Max Homa, two up through six. So the USA looking to try to run the board today. Um, A commanding lead, it would be. Um, as the Americans are peer primed to win their 12th President's Cup if all continues to go as planned at the Quail Hollow Golf Club. So they're taking care of business. You know all the all the games. We're going to talk about all of those games uh, today for sure. Our guest list is long and illustrious. Uh, Koki Riley will join us. The very latest on LSU is they're favored by 30 over New Mexico, I'll make this prediction. It'll be the least attended game of the season. Uh, a lot of people looking for excuses to not go. A lot of, lot of tickets out there to be bought from people that are season ticket holders. Uh, so if you want to go to an LSU football game, this is the this is the one to go to because you'll have plenty of opportunity to, uh, to go see it um, at a reasonable price. Larry Holder will join us from the Athletic. It's only week three, but I'm telling you, it's a must-win situation for the New Orleans Saints as they take on the 
Carolina Panthers. We'll give a scouting report on that. Some really, really good games in um, high school football starting tonight. How about Turlings Catholic at Notre Dame? Both teams uh, 3-0. and Acadiana 2-1 and at Lafayette. Well, that was yesterday. Uh, Ruston at Lafayette Christian and uh, a game in Baton Rouge. I think it's going to be the best game of the day. Uh, two powerhouse schools, two teams that are red hot. St. Thomas Moore will travel from Lafayette to Baton Rouge to take on Catholic High. Uh, it should be a really, really good game. Uh, Corey Diaz of the Daily Advertiser. Not only does he cover the Raging Cajuns, but he covers high school football as well. We'll get a preview of some of those games and get his predictions on them. Hour number two, Adam Spencer, Saturday down south. We'll go over the SEC. Everybody's picking Tennessee. Everybody's picking Tennessee. They're a double-digit favorite. Might be too many. Those Gators, you just never know. Um, And George Faust from KLFY will join us. We'll talk about the Cajuns in a – I'm telling you, don't sleep on the Warhawks. They got a pretty darn good defense. The Cajuns offense has struggled of late. That eye-opening loss to Rice certainly caught their attention. So George will go over that ball game with me. And then George Becknell, James Mesh, and I will uh, pick 10 ball games, five from the college ranks, five from the NFL, and give you our expert feelings on that. Um, NFL action is in full swing. You saw it last night with Cleveland beating Pittsburgh. And DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is ready. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Now, if that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Right now, for every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100%. With payouts bigger than ever, why bet on football anywhere else? To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game day all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code 1037GAME, and get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code 1037GAME, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, physically present in Louisiana. Select parishes only. Bonus issued as free bets. One boost per eligible game. Opt-in required. Parlay and wagering restrictions apply. Eligibility and terms at DraftKings.com slash football terms. Licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles. Gambling problem? Call 1-877-770-STOP. All right, football Friday underway when we return. The Tigers, uh, the door has been open for Jack Besh. We'll explain that and more when we return, the Jordy Helpert Show on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers. A recent survey discovered that game listeners prefer our station than going to the dentist. Take that, dental hygiene. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. We are back as we get our football Friday underway. We start with the LSU Tigers, who for the first time in program history will face the Lobos of New Mexico. That's a Saturday 6.30 kickoff in Tiger Stadium. Cokie Riley covers the Tigers 
for the USA Network and the Daily Advertiser, and he's kind enough to join us to get things going. Koki, what's happening, buddy? How are you? Doing really well. Thanks again for having me, Jordy. Oh, my pleasure. So one door closes, another door opens. Kayshawn Butte won't be with the team this weekend. Say hello to Jack Besh once again, right? Yeah, I think you're going to see a lot more of Jack Besh in the slot. I think um, they're going to move some guys around with the exposition. Um, I think Brian Thomas is going to play some of there, and uh, Chris Hilton's going to play more. And, you know, it's, it's going to be a collective effort, but they have the bodies to do it, certainly. And, um, and if you're going to miss him for a week, I think this is a pretty good week to miss him, despite the fact that New Mexico's defense is probably the best part of their team. But I think regardless, like, you'd rather have this. I guess if, you're, if you had to choose, of course you can't. Um, but if you had to choose, like, this is the right time for something um, like this to happen and to, to be missing your best receiver, I, I guess. I, I don't, I don't want to, like, belittle anything, of course. But um, I, Is I, I he think the best receiver? Is he? Well, he should be, <laughs> at least. Um, and, at the, and he does, even if he isn't necessarily producing those big games, he at the very least is keeping the defense honest and forcing extra yeah. defenders um, to a certain side of the field to open up more space for someone like Malik Neighbors, who has taken advantage of that, especially right. last week. So right. I, I think I, I, he's a net positive pretty much regardless. I wonder if Jaden Daniels had come up to Brian Kelly and said, look, I, can I miss the game because my girlfriend is, and we're, we're having a, our first child? I wonder what Brian Kelly would have said to that. Um, I, I think it would have been the same response because – you know, I mean, at at some point, life takes before yeah. football, okay. right? And these are right. these are like life decisions, and I think it's I, it, it probably wouldn't have matter. What it wouldn't have matter. I'm confident saying that what the game was or who they were playing or the situation. Like okay. at some point, life takes precedent, and um, I, you know, I, obviously, I at least I think you have to um, respect that and. Um, looks like Kayshawn's in a pretty good place at the moment, so that's that's Absolutely. great for him. All right, good. Koki Raleigh with us. Um, Will Campbell left tackle, uh, Emery Jones right tackle. Looks like this this lineup is set for the time being, and that Anthony Bradford and Cam Wire and Tremont Shorts will be in the rotation to alternate. But it looks like these bookends are pretty good. Yeah, uh, at least for now, I, this is going to be at the very least the starting unit. I, I think they're going to do more rotating as the season goes along just because those guys, those two freshmen in particular, have never gone through the rigors of, a, of an entire SEC season. There's more games. There's bigger and meaner opponents as the further you go along the schedule. So you're going to have to pace those guys a little bit, you know, because their legs just haven't been tested. They're uh, more like their bodies in general haven't been tested um, for a situation like this. So I wouldn't be surprised if those three guys rotate in more and maybe even see someone like Marcus Dumerville as a ninth guy to help mm-hmm. out of the tackle spots. So, um, you know, as we've seen already this season, there's going to be a rotation within the, within the offensive line. Injuries happen. Things happen. And yeah. you need to have the depth and the flexibility to be able to cover for those things, right? And it doesn't yeah. it's not just college football. It's at, almost, at, it's at any level in football. So, um yeah, they're going to need all hands on deck for the rest of the season. But for now, like you said, their best option is when they start the two freshman tackles, despite the fact that that's very counterintuitive to what how these things usually go. Their offensive line is with the best when they have two freshmen at the tackle spot. So that's the spot of, that they're in. 
And it's kind of remarkable that uh, uh, Will Campbell was there throughout spring. Um, Emory Jones wasn't. Emory Jones reported in the fall and has been on a rapid uh, ascent uh, since then. Um, Cookie Riley with us, LSU versus New Mexico. I guess LSU had uh, kind of their offense should be up to speed as far as a scouting report of, of defenses, right? Because doesn't New Mexico basically run the same defense that Mississippi State did? Yeah, it's very similar. Uh, it's that three-three-five Rocky Long defense. I mean, Zach Arnett, the defensive coordinator at Mississippi State, worked under Rocky Long. Danny Gonzalez, now the head coach in New Mexico, worked under Rocky Long when Long was the head coach of San Diego State. Long is now the defensive coordinator of New Mexico, so now you sort of see how all these dots connect with each other. Um, and yeah, they don't run the same exact system just because it's obviously the person personnel differences, and and that does affect scheme a decent bit. But yeah, there. I'd say in general there are similarities. They're they're brother and sister systems, to say the least, right? Um, so yeah, I, I think it's going to be really. It, 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 I think it's going to help LSU a little bit the fact that they do have some familiarity with this sort of system. Um, but I wouldn't say it's quite copy and paste at the same time. So uh, it, either way, I, I think for this LSU team the to get off to a hotter start, I, and most a lot of it's just going to have to be making adjustments with yourself. Stuff like, uh, I know that what I just said is super cliched, but uh, I, to, but to get into more specific stuff like, you know, playing with more tempo and getting yeah. Daniels out uh, on rollouts because it seemed like uh, he was a little bit more comfortable. It's a, it's easier to read the field when you're when you're just doing play action rollouts than it is dropping back in the pocket and making. One read, two read, read one, two, and three, right? right so I, right. I think if they do those two things more and, and a couple, make a couple other smaller adjustments, then um, I, I think that alone will help help out the offense. Yeah, Koki Riley, I, I think Daniels is just starting to get a little bit comfortable with this offense. He was that, that pro-style quarterback at Arizona State. Now he's in a different kind of a deal, um, and it just takes time, but he – Looks like he's getting a grasp of it, and as long as he can continue to grow and and work on becoming more efficient in the passing game, uh, I think this LSU offense is pretty good. I mean, yeah, we'll see. I I, I still have question marks as to whether Daniels can, uh, not just with his accuracy, which was worse than I remembered after looking back at the tape from last week. Last week, mm-hmm. um, there's that, and there's just the general question of his ability to read the field. Uh, right. I, mean, I mean, there's a lot of throws that he left off the table and just didn't grab the way he should have, or he made the simply made the wrong read and threw to, uh, didn't throw to the right player. I, I, I mean, that fourth down um, in the second half was probably the most obvious reason when he had Brian Thomas open and decided right. he, instead he decided to throw it an extra ten yards down the field on the league neighbors. Um, there was definitely some good stuff too, and in the overall numbers looked good, but I, I just feel like. We need to temper our expectations a little bit um, from that performance. Uh, I, I thought actually, his, to be honest, I think his performance against Florida State was more encouraging just because um, not only because they were so good and efficient in, those, in, those, in that last minute in 20, but also because he was able to handle the pressure um, yeah. that his offensive line couldn't contain. And, and that alone was like, oh, wow, Like this guy is such a good athlete. That he can really, I didn't say not totally diminish, but um, uh, produce yards almost by himself, uh, despite even if his offensive line's not playing well. So right. it's 
yeah, I mean, this Daniels thing, it's, it, it's hard to navigate and it's hard to see, it's hard to totally evaluate him um, just, just because it, it's really kind of like a play-by-play basis with him. I got you. Koki Riley with us. Is this um, a game to get John, John Emery right? Uh, don't you expect him to get a, a bulk of, of carries to get the rust off of him and get him ready for league play? Yeah, I thought he looked decent in the Mississippi State game. Um, I, I felt like his explosiveness was more or less there. I, I felt like he was he wasn't shy of of playing pretty physical football. Um, maybe the maybe not every single read in terms of uh, just reading the line of scrimmage as a runner was perfect, but that's kind of expected. Uh, so yeah, I think now this is a pretty good game to sort of um, help 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 him totally acclimate to playing football again before he gets into SEC play again. I'm with you. All right, LSU's favored by 31 and a half. Uh, by any stretch of the imagination, man, that's a lot of points. Um, what do you think about this thing? I think New Mexico covers. Um, okay. I, I don't. I don't think they win. Don't get me wrong. No. I mean, those are two very different things. Uh, but I, I think they can get under 30. I, I believe the line was at 31 and a half. Is that what you said? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I definitely, I do think that they can cover. I think their defense is good enough to do it. Um, they're going to be missing one of the uh, better players in their secondary this week. Uh, but at the same time, like the, Danny Gonzalez, I'm pretty familiar with his work after covering him at Arizona State, and he's a heck of a coach. And he's someone who, when he was at ASU, uh, I believe, at least at the time, and others, I believe, thought this as well, that he could be, Herm Edwards' replacement eventually. Um, he was that good. Uh, he seems like he had such a great grasp of um, not just galvanizing and understanding the kids, but also instilling that level of discipline that the program needed at the time and still needs today. Yeah. So I, I really respect him as a coach, and their defense has been excellent this season, and a lot of it has to do with him and Rocky Long. And, and so with some of the troubles that LSU offense has had, I don't think it's necess- it's not going to look like it did against Southern, where it's just – going to be right. boom, 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 easy touchdown, 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 right? right. So right. I don't think New Mexico is going to win this game because their offense is still pretty bad. But at the same time, like, can can this team, can a hard-nosed Mexico team that plays a good defense stand or stay keep this within 30? Yeah, I think oh, so. Yeah. I think it's okay. completely reasonable. So, Fair um, enough. All right, Koki Riley of the Daily Advertiser and the USA Network. Thank you for your time as always. We uh, kicked off football Friday in a grand fashion. Thanks to you, man. Have a great weekend. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me again, Jordy. Absolutely. Cokie Riley, kind enough to join us. They know the world-famous Angola Prison Rodeo is back. And the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, wants to hook you up with tickets. That's what we do here. You can get a family four-pack of tickets to the Sunday, October 2nd show by simply texting the word RODEO to 337 283 8100. That's Rodeo, R O D E O, to 337 283 8100. That's a family four pack of tickets to the Angola Prison Rodeo, courtesy of the game 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Larry Holder of the Athletic Saints, Carolina Panthers, next on this Football Friday edition of the Jordy Heltberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, your home to the Houston Astros and the LSU Tigers in southwest Louisiana. 
Jordy Holberg has been a star on the hardwood and in the broadcast booth. But did you know he was also a star on the dance floor? Wash your hair. You know, I worked on my hair a long time, and you can hit my hair. John Travolta ain't got nothing on the blonde bomber. Now back to the man with all the moves. Jordy Holberg and the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. That's the craziest little promo I've ever heard. Me on the dance floor. Right. All right, let's get to the real matters as we continue on this football Friday. The Saints on Sunday travel to Carolina. It's yet their third consecutive divisional matchup. They pulled a rabbit out of their hat to beat Atlanta. They got uh, no offense whatsoever against Tampa Bay. Now, is it safe to say a must win for the Saints as they are a two-and-a-half-point road favorite with the over-under? They don't think there's going to be much offense in this one. Over-under is 41. Larry Holder of The Athletic, kind enough to join us, our Saints liaison and our NFL representative. Um, Is it a must-win for the New Orleans Saints, Larry? I don't know if I'd go that far. Uh, I think it's actually more of a must-win for Carolina, given uh, they have lost their last nine games in a row, (laughs) dating back to last year. They're 0-2 this year. Uh, quarterback play hasn't been great, uh, and uh, the head coach seems to be a bit under fire. So I think it's it's probably more of a must-win uh, for Carolina. Uh, look, teams can bounce back from one and two start, but obviously we need to see the Saints play better. I mean, it, there's yeah. zero question about that, specifically offensively. But even on aspects on defense, I think uh, they need to kind of uh, get back on track, uh, specifically their pass rush. So I, I think that uh, – uh, you know, the Saints, I think they're rightfully favored, but um, I would say more of a must-win for Carolina rather than the Saints. Uh, it sounds like a dangerous animal backed up against the wall are the Carolina Panthers. We shall see. Um, what is the problem with the offense? You take away, you know, they've played eight quarters of football. They've played one good quarter, I think, and the rest has been kind of awful. I think it's a combination of things. Uh, look, I think uh, – not having Alvin Kamara uh, last week probably was a hindrance. Okay. I think Jameis Winston being banged up, and uh, that's that's part of it. Uh, like I think the offensive line can be better. I don't think it was it's been bad, bad. Like I think people are overreacting uh, about the offensive line, but I mean it could be better. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I think one of the biggest underrated aspects of this whole thing is that we are going into. Pete Carmichael's third game as being the actual every week play caller. I think he's mm-hmm. trying to kind of get some of these plays and strategies, and, and and he doesn't have Sean Payton to lean on, and so I think that that's part of it too. So I, I don't think it's just one thing. I think it's a combination okay. of things. And I mean, I know all eyes though are going to be on Jameis Winston. Is he hurt? Uh, is right. he reverting back to the old Jameis? And I mean, look, I, I, I get, <laughs> I get that there's concern, and also people are basically, you know, the backup quarterback becomes everybody's favorite player all of a sudden. Now, uh, you know, they're thinking if if Jameis Winston falters, should they move on to Andy Dalton? But yeah, I think it's not just one thing; it's a combination of things. Larry Holder uh, of the Athletic. Um, I don't see that big of a role for Taysom Hill uh, as of right now, as compared to the past. And um, I know you want to spread the ball around, but man, I got to get Michael Thomas the ball 
more often and early in a ball game, in my humble opinion. Yeah, I think you do want to go with Michael Thomas, uh, you know, try to get him involved uh, in, in, in what's going on. I, I do think, though, that look, we're still trying to figure out, uh, we're trying to figure out what, uh, what's going on in terms of having Michael Thomas be healthy. I mean, I think, you know, getting in, in, in sync also with Janus Winston. And when you have that, uh, this offense can kind of get flowing again. But when you when they haven't worked together that much, I think that's part of it. And, you know, I think Michael Thomas is really trying to also get back in the game shape uh, when, when, mm-hmm. when you have that. And uh, is he, I think uh, there's a rightful question, too. I mean, is he ever going to be back to the player we once saw uh, with Drew Brees? And I don't know if we have the answer to that question. I mean, honestly, you would think that the answer to that question would be no, just because, uh, you know, he, he doesn't have Drew Brees. And he's been gone for a couple of years and so i think there's there's rightful questions i mean i know he's got three touchdowns and uh you know and Jameis has targeted him 19, uh, 17 times this year uh and so uh, he's trying to go to him but I, I think that that's uh that's something that we gotta we gotta try to see if he can get back to that point yeah okay larry holder of the athletic that you mentioned pass rush and that seemed like the one thing that always got to Tom Brady, but it was basically non-existent on Sunday. What's what's going on there? Because I thought Tampa Bay had a bunch of injured players on the offensive line, and it was supposed to be easy pickings for the Saints, but obviously it wasn't. Yeah, and usually the Saints have success, even if the, the Bucks' offensive line was full strength. So if you have uh, problems against a beat-up Bucks offensive line. I mean, I'm wondering how how they're going to move forward. And, and uh, Jordy, really an interesting stat uh, for some of the metrics. You know, I use a lot of these metrics in, in right. doing research for uh, for stories and such. Um, the Saints are dead last in the league as a team in quarterback pressure percentage. It's below 10. percent I mean, the, mm. the number one team has like 40. percent So Jeez. the Saints have been just bad pressuring the quarterback. Uh, yes, Peyton Turner is a healthy scratch. Uh, that's not encouraging. And then Cam Jordan, um, I do. Uh, I kind of have a, uh, a individual outlook on pass rushers as well, and I have uh, 227 qualified pass rushers uh, in kind of the, stu- the week, the two-week studies that I've done. And Cam Jordan ranked 193 in Ooh. pressure percentage. And uh, that, and guess what? At 196 through 227, those players have zero percent. So basically, Cam Jordan has a one percent uh, of uh, his snaps wow. as a pass rusher, creating pressure. I mean, that's a big mm. problem. I mean, and Marcus yes. Davenport, his numbers are down around four percent. That's usually uh, they're more up in the teens for both of those guys. So sure. uh, if you can't get those guys rolling. I mean, quarterbacks, you know, if there's a time that, that Baker Mayfield might rebound uh, yeah. because the Saints can't get pressure, I mean, it might be this week. Yeah. Uh, wow. Um, had no idea. Uh, but they, they certainly aren't affecting the quarterback at all. And, and Tom Brady picked him apart at the end. It was just a, it was just a bad game overall. Something was amiss. Um, should – I mean, what if Jameis starts out and – Three and out, three and out, interception. Do they 
do they sit down and say, we got to give it, maybe he really is hurt and we got to give Andy Dalton a shot or we're going to go one and two. I don't think they're going to have um, a quick hook, say, for, for Jameis Winston. I mean, I, I think they, they feel confident and, and that Jameis Winston can be the starting quarterback. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's been the way it has been. I mean, even uh, look, Andy Dalton it knows that that's kind of the way of the land. And, I mean, I, I just don't think you want to be so quick because, what if Andy Dalton comes in and then you're going back and forth? And I don't think that that's good for anybody. Uh, now, uh, if this continues for the next few games, I think you, you have to wonder about it. I mean, and, and I think Jameis has to be uh, honest with the team that if he's banged up and it's affecting the team, that, uh, you know, they've got to make a move, you know, uh, in terms of uh, switching out quarterbacks. Because if healthy, I mean, Jameis has got to be your guy. Uh, so I do think that. The injury is probably having something to do with it uh, because, I mean, this is the first real game. I guess maybe back the Carolina game last year, Jameis didn't look great, but last week was like the real first time we've ever seen Jameis kind of become the old Jameis throwing interceptions and things like that. And so, uh, you know, I, I think, though, that they have to be truthful with one another. Like, Saints can't be stubborn. Jameis can't be stubborn because you don't want to fall too behind too quick. Uh, especially at Tampa Bay, even though they're 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 having put they're playing great. I mean, but if they keep winning, then you keep kind of falling behind the eight ball right. in the division. Right. Um, looks like Kamara's going to be back. What did you mean by a healthy scratch? Uh, what does that mean? Uh, with Peyton Turner. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's uh, that is uh, curious. What the heck is that? First round pick from last year, uh, and it's. I, I don't know what to make of it. Uh, obviously, they don't think he's performing as well as maybe he should be. Uh, like that's that's the only. I, I don't care what they say. I mean, that's that's the <laughs> indication I would have. Uh, you know, we're not we're not dumb here. I mean, if the, the guy's healthy and he's not not good enough to be a part of your game plan, he's a first round pick. That's a problem. So I, 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 I'm I, wondering, yeah, what the development is and what the what the plan is going forward with him. I like it how the NBA does it. DNPCD did not play coach's decision. So uh, that's what they ought to do in the NFL. Um, my goodness gracious. Um, Larry Holder, the athletic. Uh, what do you think about this game? Um, Saints two and a half point road favorite. What do you got? Yep. Uh, I think that it's, it's almost like I feel like Carolina is teetering on knowing that their coach is going to get fired. Uh, and the quarterback could be a lame duck, and they haven't played well in two weeks. So I feel like the Saints have some stability, uh, even though it hasn't looked great. Uh, the coach isn't in job danger and this, that, and the other. So I'm going with the Saints. Uh, I think it could be an ugly game. I mean, it could be like 1916. Yeah. Uh, but still, I, I think it's a game that the Saints, when you go kind of matchup to matchup, I think the Saints are better. Uh, with with all of the matchups, including say, you know, I, I trust Jameis Winston uh, a little bit more than I trust Baker Mayfield. Not a lot, but a wow. little. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. Um, there's some other really good games. I, I want your thoughts on just a couple of them. Um, the battle of the quarterbacks, but they they don't have many wide receivers to throw to. Uh, but uh, Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay at Tom Brady in Tampa Bay. I got. I, I'm pulling for the Packers because I want Tampa Bay to lose a game. 
<laughs> well, that's probably a good reason to, to pull for him. But yeah, it's, it's definitely <laughs> both quarterbacks. I, I feel like I feel like, I don't feel like Aaron Rodgers has been off. I feel like his weapons have been off, and yet right. I feel like for Tom Brady, I feel like he's been off. And even when his weapons were in there, and now this week, uh, no Mike Evans. Uh, looks like no no Chris Godwin, no Julio Jones. I mean, who's he going to throw the ball to? Uh, Old Beasley. They're probably going to hope that, that Leonard Fournette can run it thirty times. I don't know, uh, but yeah, it, this is a the two teams we and we know the quarterbacks and all. But yeah, this is a this is a tricky one to pick. Uh, you know, I, I uh, it's uh, uh, look. I, I still would lean on Tampa, but just because I feel like at least Tom Brady has some rapport with his weapons and less so with, with the Packers. But, yeah, this is definitely more of a pick game that I feel like yeah. uh, maybe people will be giving it credit for. Aaron Rodgers doesn't win very often in Florida. Uh, Buffalo-Miami, I mean, how high score in a game is that going to be, do you think? Yeah, I, I think one aspect of that game, the Bills, they're a little banged up in the secondary. So yeah. that Miami passing game obviously got cooking last week. Uh, and then we know they got Tyreek Hill and they got Jalen Waddell. Uh, and, they, and they've been playing well, and so. Uh, but I, I'm not going against Josh Allen until he actually loses the game. Yeah, uh, yeah. And so, I, look, he's been incredible. Uh, there's a reason why he's the favorite to win the MVP right now. To me, it's right. basically a two two man race for the MVP uh, early on. I mean, obviously, we've got a long way to go, but it's it's basically Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, and then uh, the, the until those, until somebody supplants those two. I mean, those, they're the studs. So I look, I, I like Buffalo in that game. Dude, I could be the offensive coordinator for Miami. Hill, you go long right, Waddle, you go long left, and just outrun everybody, and we'll throw it as far as we can. Simple. <laughs> well, Simple. hopefully Tua can get it to him, right? Isn't that the, the yeah. knock <laughs> at this rate? Oh, man, that's crazy. Uh, your boy Laver's playing his last match. Uh, I'm Laver. Um, Federer at the Laver Cup. Pretty nice that they teamed him with uh, Nadal. That's pretty symbolic and fun. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's that's a good kind of going out uh, with, with the, the, your big rival and uh, someone I know they have the ultimate respect uh, for yeah. each other and they've played some of the, the more more classic mass matches in the history of uh, of tennis and so yeah it's uh, but it, yeah it's kind of, it's wild how it's both Federer and Serena I mean they're both uh, yeah. they're both calling it quits it's you yeah. know that new era of tennis is coming. Uh, Saw Carlos Alcaraz number one in the world, so uh, you know it's it's uh, it's new. But look, I, I, like I, I feel like I've told this story before uh, since we since we talk tennis sporadically on the on on the show. Uh, that I, I feel fortunate that I got to cover uh, for a couple of years uh, uh, when I when I was living in Houston. I got to cover the year end event, ATP event. I got to see Federer play Agassi twice in nice. in the, the gallery furniture. I don't know. I guess it was a gallery furniture stadium, and I like two. You know, it sat like two thousand people, so it was an intimate uh, awesome. environment, and was was yeah. one of the coolest things I'd ever got to cover and ever got to watch. All right, Larry Holder, the Athletic. Have a fun uh, weekend, my friend. Thank you for your time. All right, take care. You're the best. Uh, time to face your worst nightmares with the game's thirteenth gate giveaway. We have a VIB tickets for the legendary haunted house attraction. That that way, you can scream over and over again while others have to wait in line. Simply register in the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com today to win a pair of VIP tickets to the 13th Gate, courtesy of Midnight Productions, The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Some great high school football games. 
We'll talk about that next here on the Jordy Helfrich Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. And we are back. Football Friday edition rolling on. Good high school football action today uh, with some great matchups. I wanted to get into a little bit of that with my good buddy Corey Diaz, who uh, who not only covers the Raging Cajuns, but he also does high school football for the Daily Advertiser. Hey, Corey, how you doing, buddy? Hey, Jordy. Doing well, man. How are you? I'm good. Get fired up, Corey. It's Friday, baby. Let's go. Come on. <laughs> oh, man. Listen, I, you know, I, I'm, I guess I'm weird. I, 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 get, I get less fired up on game days. I, I'm, I get more fired up for, like, press conferences and just, like, off Oh, okay. All right. Well, let, let, let's talk about some of these games. How about two undefeateds and it's a rivalry, Turling's Catholic at Notre Dame? That's a good one to start off with. Yeah, man. You know, I was I was at the Turlings game, uh, you know, against St. Charles Catholic last week, and um, you know that was. And I'm not saying that they were, you know, not not excited or, or looking forward to to that matchup last week uh, against St. Charles. But I will say that uh, just about everyone that I bumped into at Turlings was uh, already looking forward to um, you know heading over to Notre Dame and and playing them. I know there's. You know, I'm still obviously learning a little bit on the high school side of things, but I know there's a you know there's a deep history you know between these two schools yeah. and um, you know and I just think that you know when you look at how both teams have started this year, you know and again just looking at Turley specifically at the moment, you know them them pulling off one of those comeback wins, um, you know just from talking to uh, you know everyone around that program just for the last handful of years, right? That was something that they had struggled with was you know, when they found themselves down, trying to claw back and, and, and get over that hump, but they haven't been able to do that. But doing it last week, and not only doing it, but doing it against a really good St. Charles team uh, that is a defending state champion in their own right, um, that was a big hump for Turlings. And, and so they've got a ton of momentum that they're going to be carrying over, you know, into this old rivalry matchup with Notre Dame. But Notre Dame has just been an absolute machine so far, and and so I, I am just uh, I'm I'm fascinated with this matchup between these two schools because, you know, I could easily see this thing being a, uh, you know, come literally come down to the very last second, and yeah. whichever team has the ball, you know, could end up winning this thing. Okay, well, let's go uh, quickly into uh, Acadiana two and one. Their only loss, nothing to sneeze about. Lost to Lafayette Christian Academy in their opener. Uh, and they've rolled since. And Lafayette, the Lions, off to a three and zero undefeated start. But Acadiana is a different beast, aren't they? Yeah, you know they. they you know they played. Um, they played last night, and uh, <laughs> and the Wrecking Rams did indeed uh, yeah. wreck the Lions. Uh, I believe the yeah. final score to that was fifty five to six. Uh, you know, for, for me heading into this week, Jordy, um, you know, I, I do this thing over at the advertiser.com every week where I kind of look at, you know, the, the full slate and I pick out what I feel like is the 10 most intriguing. It may not be the best games of the week, mm-hmm. uh, but I usually try to fi- identify 10 of the most intriguing. And the, the reason why I included this matchup, you know, in, in my list this week was because I, I really felt like I wanted, I needed to see where Lafayette was, where Lafayette High was. You know, right. were they? You know, was this three and zero start? Was it a really good indication of, of of where they are as it pertains to you know where they are in that district? 
um, which again is a is a loaded district. I put this district up against any other district in the entire state of Louisiana in terms of difficulty from top to right. bottom. Um, you know, and I, and I think I think we kind of saw, man, where the Lions are uh, last night, and in, in that you know, unfortunately, that that heavy heavy loss, you know, that they had against Acadiana. Um, yeah. And Acadiana, you know, props to you know props to McCullough and his staff, man, and those players. You know, I. I was at the Acadiana Lafayette Christian opener, and they did. They they were competitive in that game, but you know they couldn't quite get close enough to the Knights that night um, to really try to you know threaten. Um, but I right. think since they lost that LCA in the opener, I think they really turned the corner. They turned that page, and they appear to be who we thought they were. Right? I think they are legit. Um, you know, Class Five A state championship contenders. Corey Diaz, the Daily Advertiser. All right, Rustin coming down south from North Louisiana. They're two and one. Lafayette Christian is is three and zero, oh, and they have done just a this. J- J- Juwan Johnson is uh, is something else. Rustin has played a tough schedule there. They're not going to come down here and just hand it to the number one ranked team in four A. But uh, this should be another really good one. Yeah, you know I. Uh... For, for your listeners who, who may not know, um, you know, I spent four years in the Monroe area um, covering Louisiana Tech, Grambling State, and some high school stuff. And, and so I've spent a lot of time around Ruston High School and, and Jared Baugh. And I tell you, man, no one, no one in the state of Louisiana in terms of a high school football coach schedules more aggressively than Jared Baugh at Ruston. I mean, the last if, if people have time, they can go back and look at the last four or five years in the, uh, in Ruston's non-district slate, just the teams that they played. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's almost murderer's row those first five weeks of the year for Ruston every single year. And, I mean, so far, man, they've played Warren Easton, and that was a one-possession loss. They played Jesuit, and that was a one-possession win at their place in Ruston. And then uh, last week they played Cabo, Cabo High, which is a high school out of Arkansas, uh, from all intents and purposes, from what I understand, is they're usually a really good uh, high school football program in that state, um, and they won that game. And so, yeah, yeah I, I would say I know Lafayette's played a tough – Lafayette Christian has played a tough schedule up to this point. I don't know if they've played an opponent that is as battle-tested and as ready as this Rustin group that they'll face tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and credit Juwan Johnson – uh, credit the offense uh, of LCA. Uh, I think uh, I knew they were going to be good. I knew they were going to be an offensive group that was going to be able to put up points. Um, but I think they performed a little bit better than even I anticipated uh, okay. from them through the first three, four weeks of this season. And so I think tonight, though, for both teams, um, it, it's almost going to be a state championship caliber game. Uh, I think I think With there's you. just there's so many playmakers on both offenses there's so many really good defensive players on both sides it's going to be a heck of a game over at lca tonight if i didn't yeah, we, if i funny if, if i had some money to go to a game where i didn't have any time to have any work responsibilities i probably would go to that one. okay um we got about a minute left um i think the the two a great matchup uh, lafayette travels to baton rouge st thomas more three and oh catholic is two and one um, two really good teams, two well-coached teams, two teams with uh, some high-profile players. This, I think this is going to be a great one at Memorial Stadium in Baton Rouge. Oh, 100%. You know, this, um, 
this game, Jordy, I, I did put it number one on my list this week of, um, you know, top games just because, look, I mean, St. Thomas Moore, you know, obviously the biggest question coming to the year, right, was, you know, exactly how, you know, they were going to move on um, from Walker Howard, who's now an LSU uh, freshman quarterback over there. And, and, look, they've just rolled in Sam Altman. They've just rolled in Will Taylor in a, in a two-quarterback system. And I don't think that anyone's blinked or batted an eye or, or they've missed it, anything at all. Um, I mean, St. Thomas Moore just, just looks like yeah. just a complete juggernaut this year. And they're really good on the defensive side of the ball as well. And, and, and Catholic is going to be, you know, it's one of those bigger private schools, you know, in the yep. state. And, uh, you know, they've always got guys that are going to be, you know, high-level P5 uh, recruits, and, and this year is no exception. And, and this is going to be a great road test for St. Thomas More tonight. Uh, I think I think we'll we'll learn a little bit more about uh, the Cougars tonight uh, after this matchup yep. at, at Catholic Bat. All right, uh, Corey, I can't thank you enough. One thing, St. Thomas More, they got the kid on number six on Catholic. His name is Shelton Sampson. He's really good. You better put somebody tall and fast on him. That's all I can say. Corey, thank you so much. We're out of time. Um, have a great weekend, my friend. I appreciate it. Hour number one is in the books. Hour number two, straight ahead, we continue. We'll go around the SEC. We'll talk about the Raging Cajuns and the Warhawks, and we'll make some picks. Hour number two, straight ahead, the Jordy Helper Show here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros in Southwest Louisiana. Live and local, this is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Hour number two of two on a football Friday, and away we go. It is September 23rd. It is week four of the college football season. Oh, by the way, at the President's Cup in progress, the United States leads the international group 4-1. to one. They led 4-1 to one after yesterday's opening round. They're 4-1 and one today. Uh, trying to close this thing out. But we continue Football Friday. We've got my main man, Adam Spencer, uh, joining us, who covers the Southeastern Conference for Saturday Down South. Adam, are you there? Oh, we're still trying to get him. Okay, all right. We'll uh, we'll effort to do that um, as, uh, as on we go. So uh, if you missed anything in hour number one, uh, we covered the Tigers with uh, Cokie Riley. We covered the Saints with Larry Holder and some really good high school football games uh, with Corey Diaz. I'm telling you, St. Thomas Moore and Catholic High of yeah. Baton Rouge is going to be fantastic. There's some interesting games around the SEC, uh, really some good ones. Uh, and so let's go around the league and, and join up with our good friend Adam Spencer from Saturday South. Saturday Down South. Excuse me. Uh, Adam, how are you, buddy? I'm doing great. How are you, Jordy? I'm terrific. Um, can your beloved Missouri Tigers be the final nail in the coffin of Brian Harson? Can they go to the Plains and beat this team? Because who's going to be the TJ Finley's out? Who's going to be the quarterback for for Auburn? It just boy, things are just snowballing down. And once that thing starts rolling down the hill, right? It's it's hard to stop it. 
Yeah, I mean, this is where the Tigers seem to be at their best. I mean, the Missouri version of the Tigers, not the Auburn version of the Tigers. You know, um, you know, Mizzou has uh, been the nail in the coffin of a lot of coaches here in the last five years. Uh, you know, they were the they were the last team to beat Butch Jones at Tennessee. They were the yeah. last team to beat Dan Mullen at uh, at Florida. Um, you know, uh, they fired uh, Brett Bielema after. A loss to Mizzou. Same with uh, same with Chad Morris. Um, so, you know the, the the Tigers just love being the ones to end coaches' reigns. And you know maybe that's uh, a little bit to do with the fact that losing to Mizzou the past few years has not been uh, a good sign for SEC West no. programs or uh, teams like Florida. But uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see Mizzou pull off the upset since uh, this seems to be something that they like to do quite a bit. How is Auburn a, a touchdown favorite? How, how can they be a favorite by that much over anybody? Yeah, that's a good question. But, uh, you know, Drinkwitz's play calling has left a lot to be desired so far this year. Um, you know, I think it's past time for Mizzou to hire an offensive coordinator. He can still call the plays if he wants, but, uh, but you know, he just needs another voice in his ear with this uh, with this this offense because it's uninspired the plays aren't working so you know you go the the Auburn defense is still really good like that hasn't been the issue the defense so you know this is still going to be a tough task for Mizzou's offense uh, so if Luther Burden doesn't break a couple plays then uh, you know this is still a game that Auburn can win but I agree with you having it be like a seven and a half point spread that seems like a bit much seems like a lot to me Adam Spencer Saturday down south um Number 22, Florida, at number 12, Tennessee. Boy, I, I mean, the, the the old Rocky Toppers, their optimism is as high as it's been in years. Um, but Florida's owned them. And, yeah, Florida's desperate. And Anthony Richardson trying to, trying to get back to some semblance of what he was uh, when he played against Utah. Um, Boy, Tennessee, a double-digit favorite in this thing. Uh, what do you think of Tennessee hosting? I know Tennessee could exercise a lot of demons if they could roll up the score and put Florida to bed because they, they certainly own, owe the Gators that. But what do you think of this game? Yeah, I mean, let's let's start with that spread. You know, that spread is 10.5, and, and that seems that, like the Auburn one. That seems like a lot to, you know, have you know Auburn be over a touchdown and, uh, you know, to give – the 10.5 instead of 9.5 or right at 10. Um, you know, Florida's something like 17 and one in their last 18 against the spread against, uh, against Tennessee, which is just insane. So, you know, I would bet that uh, Florida covers that and keeps it within single digits, but uh, I'm all in on this Tennessee team. I, I think that the only thing that can slow this team down right now is injuries. And, uh, you know, they do have some of those, you know, Jabari small is banged up a little bit, uh, Cedric Tillman, we don't know if he's going to play against Florida. Those are two really key parts of the offense. Um, but I'm all in on Hinden Hooker. I love this Josh Heifel offense. Uh, I think the defense doesn't get enough respect for what it has done thus far. Uh, so I think I think uh, the Rocky Toppers get it done this weekend. I think that they do beat the Gators, but I, but I do think you know it's close in the fourth quarter, and uh, you know there's going to be some uh, some nerves in uh, in Newland Stadium as fans yes. wonder if this is going to be. Just another uh, another devastating loss to the Gators. I had no idea Tennessee has lost 16 of the last 17 meetings and matchups to Florida. Um, you know, you can't spell 
citrus without UT, right? You just can't. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it just it says a lot of, about the kind of respect that uh, Tennessee has gotten over the years because Florida has definitely been the bigger, the better program over the the past two decades. And uh, you know, and like I said, you know, they're seventeen and one against the spread. But in some of those years, Tennessee has been favored even though they've done nothing to really show that they can beat the Gators. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, this is a huge game for both programs. Uh, you know, Anthony Richardson needs to look like a star if they're going to win yep. in on Rocky Top. But, uh, you know, I, I just think that this is a great opportunity for Tennessee to start to get some payback against uh, against some of these rivals that have uh, right. had their number in uh, in recent decades. Oh, Peyton Manning never beat the Florida Gators. All right, that's the best matchup in the East. By far the best matchup in the SEC West is number 10, Arkansas, versus number 19, Texas A&M, Jerry's World in Arlington, Texas. Um, Arkansas kind of was sleeping at the wheel to uh, Bobby Petrino in Missouri State, but they managed to survive against the FCS member. Uh, A&M bounced back after their App State um, debacle to beat Miami, so... One team, Texas A&M, kind of riding in a little bit high. Arkansas, thankful that they got away from one. Maybe they were looking ahead to this one. What do you think of Arkansas and A&M? Yeah, I think you're right. I think that Arkansas was definitely looking ahead a little bit past uh, past Missouri State. So, uh, you know, and it almost bit them. But, uh, you know, that, that, just, that usually bodes well when a team gets a wake-up call like this. You know, we saw it with Texas A&M. You know, they, they were – potentially looking past Appalachian State and uh you know it came back to bite them and now they but they bounced back against Miami so I think that this is going to be a good bounce back opportunity for Arkansas it, it's just an interesting matchup because Arkansas's biggest weakness is its secondary you know they have the worst pass defense right now in all of the FBS but I don't expect that to continue after this week because Texas A&M can't really exploit that you know they don't have the 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 horses uh, offensively at quarterback. You know, Haynes King is wasn't getting the job done, so he switched to Max Johnson, and uh, he's a good quarterback, but he's not going to put up like 500 yards passing or anything like that. Um, so, you know, I think that uh, it's going to be important for Texas A&M to do what it can to try to take advantage of the struggles in the Arkansas secondary, but uh, they're just not really built necessarily to do that. So I think that this is going to be a close, low-scoring game in Dallas and uh you know KJ Jefferson he's really shown that when he has the ball in his hands in some of these clutch situations he's making the right decision nine mm-hmm. times out of ten and uh, that's going to be hard to stop yeah in in games like this I go with the team with the better quarterback and I just I think Arkansas has the better quarterback I think Arkansas is tougher I think they're more physical uh, I really like Arkansas on this one what was your takeaway of LSU's win uh, over Mississippi State and the way it took place yeah, I mean, this has just been the thing that uh, has bit the Mike Leach teams in the past. You know, they have the good games, but then they always have the duds um, and just the, the inexplicable duds. And that was definitely a dud that they laid at, uh, at Tiger Stadium on uh, last weekend. Uh, you know, Will Rogers was off, uh, you know, the, and credit to the LSU defense. You know, they were doing a lot. Um, you know, Brian Kelly credited moving uh, Jay Ward a little closer to the line of scrimmage as the nickelback. Mm-hmm. Um as uh, a key to that game and uh you know he, he won the sec defensive player of the week so clearly it worked um so kudos to him for that um you know they're going to be I, I just thought that uh 
Jaden Daniels isn't getting enough credit for taking care of the football. He, he might not always make the right play, but he's not hurting the team by turning the ball over. You know, he's got uh-huh. six to zero turn touchdown to interception ratio right now, and that's that's impressive. So, you know, he, when when you take care of the ball against these teams like that, and uh, and your defense doesn't give up big plays, like that's right there. That's a recipe for success, and uh, they rode that to to a win. I was really impressed with how much LSU has grown in two short weeks since that Florida State loss. All right. Well, we got to get through this week four. We got a couple of interesting games, um, uh, and then we'll get into the league play. Uh, coming up after this, so they, it, it's starting to ramp up a little bit. But uh, wouldn't be surprised if Missouri upsets Auburn. You got Tennessee against Florida, but Florida covering. Um, and who did you pick, Arkansas or A and M? I think I'm going Arkansas. I think I think it's going to be one of those wild games that we've seen. You know, this this Southwest Classic has provided a ton of drama over the mm-hmm. past ten years since uh, since A and M joined the SEC. So. You know, I'm expecting that to continue, um, and I think that uh, Arkansas wins with a wacky fourth-quarter touchdown. You're a hoop guy. Um, are we going to have all the blue bloods of basketball be 4-0 in college football? <laughs> Duke, North Carolina, Kentucky, Indiana. I mean, UCLA. No, not UCLA. Um, yeah, UCLA. Yeah, they're UCLA. Are the they all going to be 4-0? My goodness. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, well, one of them has to lose because Kansas Duke, and Duke that's are right. playing. This, Duke this and Kansas, so, that's yeah. a big matchup. But, yeah, yeah, that's a big matchup. I mean, I'm, I'm a little bit surprised that game day didn't take that opportunity to go out to Lawrence uh, for the yeah. first time ever. But part of me is glad that they didn't, you know, being a Mizzou guy. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm rooting for Duke <laughs> this weekend. But, uh, you know, that's that's going to be an interesting matchup. And that it's been literally a, a decade since we could have said that anything yeah. similar to that about Kansas football. So, you know, credit to Lance Life Leopold for uh, turning that program around quickly. And uh, now I just hope that Nebraska hires him away and Kansas uh, falls off again. <laughs> Adam Spencer, Saturday <laughs> down south with his Missouri bias. Have a great weekend, man. Thank you. Yeah, I'll talk to you soon, Jordy. Enjoy the game. Uh, you got it. Adam Spencer, that's terrific. Uh, the NFL action's in full swing at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Now, if that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Right now, for every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100%. With payouts bigger than ever, why bet on football anywhere else? To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game day, all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code 1037GAME to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code 1037GAME only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, physically present in Louisiana, select parishes only. Bonus issued as free bets, one boost per eligible game, opt-in required. Parlay and wagering restrictions apply. Eligibility in terms at DraftKings.com slash football games. Licensing partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles. Gambling problem Call one eight seven 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 zero. Stop. Cajuns, Warhawks. We'll get the preview. George Faust, KLFY. Fridays with Faust. Next here on the Jordy Helpert Show on the game one zero three seven Lafayette one zero four one Lake Charles. Your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros in Southwest Louisiana. 
There's no better way to wrap up the work week than talking with the man regarded as the king of Acadiana sports media, KLFY Sports Director George Faust. It's time for Fridays with Faust here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. What's going on, my friend? How are you, buddy? Doing well, doing well, Jordy. Uh, what's happening with you? Uh, it's just a Friday, so Football Friday edition, and we always uh, venture into two avenues here. We always start off with uh, the high school ranks, and there's some really good games. Um, the KLFY game of the week, I'm going to take a guess. Because of the rivalry, right. because of where they are, Turling's Catholic at Notre Dame. Am I correct or incorrect? That that is gonna that is gonna lead off our show, a first to ten show tonight. So yeah, that's the that's the game that uh, everybody kind of has circled. Uh, it's uh, we're also live down at the uh, Sugar Cane Festival, so we're live in New Iberia for that. So uh, yes, Notre Dame hosting Turling's. Uh, it's been an interesting rivalry. Uh, obviously, Turlings won last year, but the prior seven years to that, Notre Dame has been able to uh, to win that that matchup. And uh, look, Turlings is good, man. They've got uh, yeah uh, Preston Welsh is their quarterback, and then Kentrell Prejean, a former athlete of the week, and a Faust phenom on first and ten, and uh, they, got, <laughs> they, they get him in space. They get him in space and. Man, it's 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 hard to hard to stop him, and uh, so I think that's what uh, Dane Chaponte and crew will probably have uh, dialed up is to kind of get hit, find him the ball, get him the ball, and and, and let him uh, let him run. But uh, we'll see if the Pio's defense can hold that, up. That, that coach over there for the Pio's, he's pretty good. He he he's probably got something up yeah. his sleeve as well. So should be should be yeah. a great matchup. Maybe we'll have another. Faust phenom from that game. Wow, my boy, you're you're, you're amazing me, amazing me. All right, um, that's the game of the week. You'll have many, many more highlights of sure. all the other games in the area. A- answer this question for me, please. How okay. are the Raging Cajuns nine and a half point road favorites against a rivalry school like UL Monroe? How is that possible? What am I? What am I missing here? I don't know. I think it's the fact that ULM has just had the, uh, you know, they got their brains beat out the first two weeks of the season. So yeah. they're look. I think those guys who make those lines, I guess they're looking at it like, um, okay, you just got pummeled by Alabama, even though it's Alabama and you didn't expect anything different. You know, right. it's still a wide margin. They haven't seen the the Warhawk offense or what they can do or uh, I, I don't know that's 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 definitely a, a lot on the road uh, because especially if you go back and look at the the history of this game yes this this game uh, you know perennially has has been a tight nail biter um, there have been a few blowouts here and there uh, with regards to the rivalry but I mean there's just it's too close of a game that that's a that's a lot of points for yeah. for a team that's uh having an offensive identity crisis right at, right in, in the third week of the season yeah so. they still don't have any offensive rhythm and i keep telling you and i will be appreciated only when my time is long gone 
Um, But when when you're playing two quarterbacks, I'm telling you, one's always looking over his shoulder, wondering, oh, my God, if I make a mistake, I'm going to get taken out and the other guy's going to come in. I'm just telling you, no offense to Chandler Fields, no offense to Ben Woolridge, but I think this team would be a heck of a lot better if the coach says, okay, you're my guy, you're playing the whole game, and that's it. That's it. Yeah. I I mean, I I can't argue with that because every time – I, I have very rarely, I don't even think I've ever seen that before, where they play two and you're like, okay, yeah, we got two ones. And we talked about it earlier this, you know, right here, about how, you know, you got two, you got none. Yeah. I, and, and, yeah, I, I mean, look, they're both probably qualified. They're probably one and one A, uh, if that's how you want to label them. But still, that somebody, he Coach Des knows who's been – moving the ball better, and I guess you just have to sometimes buck up and make that call, and, I, and I'm sure he's, he can do that. Uh, I think I think Ben's been playing a little bit better from what we can kind of gauge. It, it looks like Ben has kind of elevated his play when it comes to games, because you know there's there's different types of players, right, Jordy? You know this. Yeah. You, you, you got the players that practice well, and you got the players that when the lights are on, they, they, they shine the brightest. No and, question. And, they might not practice as well, but when the game is counts, they're playing at their highest level. So I, yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, having said all that, I don't have the answer, and I don't get paid right. to have that answer. I just get paid to guess. I'm kind of like the weather guy, the yeah. weather guy of sports. That's right. I mean, the weather guy got the greatest gig in the world. I mean, it's just, uh, okay, it's sunny outside. Yep. That's all. I, I do my weather forecast outside every time. Bring the camera outside, and I just go. I'd look up and go. Okay, well, uh, got some clouds out, sunny. but it's partly sunny. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. Golly <laughs> sakes, a lot. Anyway, uh, George Faust, I, I really believe. I don't know Chandler feels for a man in the moon, but I know people. I know college athletes, and I know what's going through his mind. And look, he had the worst game of his young career: seven of fourteen for thirty-eight yards. He's, is he throwing the ball behind the line of scrimmage? I mean, what the heck's that all about? I, he, I maybe it was a road game that you know he wasn't prepared for the atmosphere. Or I, I don't, I don't know. But yeah, yeah I, I don't. Maybe this 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 next atmosphere is going to be even more interesting because you know ULM hates the fact that the Cajuns are called the University of Louisiana, or they call themselves Louisiana, and that right. is. The, the biggest sticking point, I have a buddy of mine, you probably know him, uh, who works up in uh, Monroe, and every time this game comes around, that's all he talks about. In fact, I yeah. even tweeted it out. He talked to Terry Bowden about the fact that the Cajuns are called Louisiana, and it, should, it just blows my mind. And <laughs> so they're, they're, ULM is more worried about what the teams are being called at the moment. As opposed to kind of, <laughs> at least their fan bases. The players are worried right. about the game. That's right. Um, George Faust with us, UL and ULM. Um, <laughs> whatever, whatever. I'm not yeah. getting into that controversy. Well, you're an LSU I can... guy, so you, it doesn't matter to you either. I, I, I tell, I tell him all the time. I'm like, I went to Ole Miss. I, I, it doesn't matter to me. If you call the Cajuns USL or UL or L, whatever right. you want to call them, call them. It, it has like it's it's their name. It's they're the University of Louisiana, and they put at Lafayette 
in the academic realm, and then in the sports realm, they're Louisiana. I don't. It, they're just. That's why. I, I, that's I why know. I call I them the. I, it, that's why I call them the Raging Cajuns, big guy. I'm not getting in the I, middle I, of any of that stuff. It, they are. They are the Raging Cajuns. Never indeed of uh, of phone calls, Jordy. Just spark that debate, and it, and your phone will ring like fire. Yeah. Man, you, you got to be kidding. You got to be kidding. Um, I'm not, three running I'm backs, not. three running backs, just like having two quarterbacks. That's too many, man. You, you, these guys don't get into a rhythm. So they got to yeah. pick They got, Chris Smith and somebody else got to go. And somebody has yep. to sit. I, I, you know, you're trying to be too, you're trying to make everybody happy. And I think it's becoming a detriment to the offensive output of this team, honestly. And, and and look, maybe here's the other thing. I I, I didn't watch, get to watch the whole Rice game. I saw much of it, a lot of the second half. I I would I would go if if I was creating the game plan this week, I'd go back to what what worked against Southeastern, and you know where where you're throwing to to your tight ends, get Neil Johnson and Johnny Lumpkin involved a little bit more uh, because those guys are game changers, and I think they they can maybe affect the game against UL Monroe and quiet the crowd. You get you get whoever Chandler or Ben whoever's throwing to him, but give give him a, a you know a, a a nice crossing route across the, a deep cross. It's, 15, 10, 15 yards, and boom, let him break one and quiet the crowd. The Cajun fans will go crazy. And yeah, I, I, I think that's the key to the offense to get that offense moving. And then you're right. Chris, let, let Chris do what Chris does, Chris Smith. He's, he's, we know he's got the ability. Let, let's see what happens. Uh, run that rock if you're going to decide to do that to open up the passing lanes. Let's do it. And, and uh, I, I know Coach Des knows what he's doing because. He's been around it, and he, he, he has a feel for it. It's kind of the growing pains, I guess, of a, a new new program, new coach, kind of getting his feet wet on on how to how to uh, how to kind of manage through a, a season. And remember, the Cavens aren't used to losing either. That's the other thing. <laughs> this is the first loss they've had in a year, over yep. a year. So yep. um, we'll we'll see. I, I for for my money, I say go back to those tight ends, exploit that, exploit the tight ends uh, for your team, and and. And you'll, I, I think the superstar on the team right now is 88. You got to get him the ball. Well, you got to pick one quarterback. You got to pick one running back, and you got to ride them. And let's go. And and that's it. Enough of this playing around and trying to keep everybody happy. Sorry, this competition. This is big boy football. Uh, the best guys got to play and quit looking over your shoulder because the coach is going to say, "Look, you're going to play. You, I don't care if you make a mistake or two mistakes or three mistakes. You're going to play." And I guarantee you their offense will pick up. I guarantee Who you got? Um, you got the Cajuns winning, I'm sure, but nine and a half points? You, I, you, you no, taking I, that? I, 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 just can't, I, I just can't see nine and a half points just because of the inconsistencies on the offense. I think, uh, I, think I, I think the Cajuns do cover that. Okay. Um, right. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't see UL Monroe winning this game. I just – I just don't. I, no, I don't the think Cajuns have, are favored have, by nine and a half. The Cajuns are favored. You you think they cover that? No, 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 no. I think the Cajuns. No, no, no. The Cajuns will not win by more than nine points. No. Okay. They okay. would hit. Gotcha. No. Maybe gotcha. maybe a touchdown, but no, not not. Yeah. I'm with you. All right, George Faust. Fridays with Faust. You're the best. Uh, keep up the great work with KLFY High School tonight. Sugar Cane. Uh, in New Iberia and all the college stuff tomorrow <laughs> and the Saints on Sunday, buddy. Thank you so much. 
All right, Jordy. Good talking to you, man. You too, buddy. Tune in next week to Jordy Holdberg for Fridays with Faust here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The Jordy Holberg Show prides itself on settling for nothing less than the best. This thing has a variety of nauseating aspects to it. Jordy has the best takes, the best guests, and let's be honest, the best nickname. The Blonde Bomber is cool as hell. I agree. All right. Let's play ball. Back to only the best on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The world-famous Angola Prison Rodeo is back in the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with tickets. That's a family four-pack of tickets to the Sunday, October 2nd show. Text the word RODEO to 337-283-8100. That's RODEO to 337-283-8100. Family four-pack of tickets to the Angola Prison Rodeo, courtesy of the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. We've talked about the games all week. It's time to make our fearless predictions. James Mesh back in the game studio. My main man, my good friend, George Becknell, kind enough to join us yet again. Hey, George, how you been, buddy? Hey, what's up, Jordy? I've been great. You know, how about you? Man, that beard's getting full, dude. What are you doing? It's it's not no shave November yet. Now, man, you know, I'm I'm, I'm letting it. I'm letting I'm letting it get thick. I'm huh? I'm ready for the fall, so all I'm right. letting it get a little thick and uh. Just see how I like it. See how it works out for me. Second day of fall, and it's 98 degrees. All right, let's get busy. (laughs) Let's get busy here. We got five college games. We got five NFL games. We got to be quick about it. Starting off, uh, two ranked teams in the Western Division of the SEC. It's at a neutral site in Arlington, Texas. Arkansas, Texas A&M. Who do you like, George? Well, Jordan, Texas A&M hadn't been able to score so it's, it, it seems, you know, it, it works out with Arkansas's bad defense. So I think Arkansas is a little better. They're, uh, they're playing in the home that Jerry built. Jerry is a Razorback, so I'm going to go Razorbacks on this one. All right, got the Razorbacks. James Mesh, are you ready, sir? I am. All At- right, you like the Hogs or the Aggies? Aggies, they have struggled so far. They got to win this one, but I don't think it matters. I think Arkansas is just that much better, and they just straight up win. Give me the better quarterback. Give me K.J. Jefferson. Um, I think the Razorbacks are just more mentally and physically tough yes. than A&M. So Sam Pittman's instilled that. Give me, the, give me the hogs to prove that they are the second-best team in the SEC West. Close behind Alabama. All right. Um, the best matchup in the East, Florida, who's won 16 of their last 17 meetings with the Tennessee Volunteers, heading to Rocky Top, George. Jordan, I, I feel like Tennessee is a little better than Florida right now, but as you mentioned, 16 out of 17, it's kind of hard not to have that in your head. I just don't think Tennessee's ready to beat them, and Florida goes on the road and gets a win. Ooh, he likes the Gators shocking the Vols. All right, James, what do you think? Funny enough for me, I'm also going to take the Gators. Uh, Tennessee has not played an SEC team yet, and I think getting at least one out the way like how Florida did in week two, even though they lost, they got a little bit of that experience. I think that'll help them, and like you said, they've won a majority of the matchups recently. So even though Billy's the new coach, 
I'm gonna take the Gators. All right, two two on the road upsets. Uh, give me, you know, look, every dog has his day, and I think think it's finally um, Rocky Top that little that little hound dog. I think it's his turn. Um, I, I think Florida covers, but I I like Tennessee. I think their their quarterback's pretty good. Uh, I think their crowd is jumping at the bay. And look, the only way this happens is if Tennessee starts off good. If, yes. if they don't and Florida's hanging around, that's trouble. But give me give me the volunteers. All right, the Brian Harson firing watch is on. Can Mizzou speed up the process and go into the Plains and beat the Auburn Tigers, who are favored by a touchdown? How is that? I, I have no clue. I, I don't know. It's, it's baffling to me how you watch Auburn and favor them in anything. But, you know, <laughs> I think Missouri is equally as bad. Yeah. Give me give me Auburn at home in the pillow fight bowl because this would be terrible football. <laughs> All right. Very good. James Mesh. I'm going to go out on another limb. I think with the fact that you're going with your backup QB for Auburn, I, I don't know. I just get that little bit of a feeling that maybe Mizzou, even though they're not too great themselves, maybe they just come in and – it's just another wild weekend of just upsets. You know, you know when when Les Miles was purported to be on the way out, and he was on the way out, th- that team and that community rallied around him, and they won one for the Lester. I just don't see that in Auburn. I think everybody wants Brian Harson gone. Everybody, and I think um, no T.J. Finley, which I don't know if that helps or hurts uh, Auburn. Uh, no offense, T.J., but. Um, I'm, I'm going to go with Missouri as well, even though their coach, Eli, is not coming, Drinkwitz. Uh, but I, I just think Auburn's looking for an excuse. It's kind of like the Herm Edwards deal. You heard the story about coaches and stuff are giving the other teams the, what, the game plan of what they're going to do because they want to get rid of Herm. Can you believe that? That's insane. <laughs> That's crazy. I think they want to do the same thing with Brian Harson. I do. All right. Um, they just miss Herm on ESPN. That's what it is. Oh, okay. Um, James, I'm going to go with you. You're raging Cajuns <laughs> um, against the Warhawks from Monroe. What do you got? Cajuns, nine and a half point favorites. Yeah. Uh, for me, it, it pains me to say this, but I feel like Shriek's got to come to an end. Looking at what happened with the, the Bucks and Saints last week, I feel like we may yeah. see the same thing this week where this time you're going on the road to Monroe, and I haven't seen much adjustment with the Cajuns yet. I feel like at some point the Warhawks are going to win, and some tells me that it's going to be this weekend. All right, the Warhawks to get it. Uh, what do you think about that, Mr. Becknell? I, I just can't do it. I, I, know, I know ULM is one and two, and they're two losses to Texas and Alabama. They were impressive against Nichols, right? But I just think that they're not ready to, to beat the Raging Cajuns yet. I, I, I'm going to go to – not a limb, but my gut says Raging Cajuns on the road. All right. Um, I've got a lot of questions about this club. i got a lot of questions about what they're doing at the quarterback position, what they're doing at the running back position. They're trying to play a lot of people. Um, and sometimes those quarterbacks are sensitive. Um, not sometimes, all the time. And that – He's looking over his shoulder, just waiting. So he's—I don't know if he's playing to to win or playing not to lose, and that's never a good thing. Um, I don't know why. I just—I'm going to go with uh, the Warhawks. I think the Warhawks win at home and make their season 
uh, by beating the Raging Cajuns. We'll see. All right, everybody knows that LSU is going to beat New Mexico, but they're 31 and a half point favorites. George, do they cover 31 and a half? No way. They didn't cover the spread against Southern. They're not covering New Mexico spread. Yeah. They get out there with a W, of course, but yeah, I would take New Mexico with my money. All right. Uh, James, what do you think? I think it depends on how they start. Can they build off of that fourth quarter against Mississippi State? Ultimately, what it comes down for to me, I think it'll be close, but I only think they win about by three and a half, four touchdowns. They're not able to get to the full 31, 32. All right. So New Mexico covers. I, I got a funny I don't know why I'm going to say this. I think LSU covers it, and I think LSU wins uh, by more than that. Um, Humidity is going to it's going to be hot as Hades. New Mexico, <laughs> Albuquerque's nice and beautiful, and mountains are sort of surrounding it. They're coming into a swamp, man. They're coming into <laughs> the the sweat zone. And I think LSU will wear them down. And I think even the the backups and the third stringers that get to play will will wear them down. I know they New Mexico's got a pretty good off defense, but come on, they're not Mississippi State. And LSU put thirty one on them. And New Mexico's offense is horrific. Um, the only thing that slows LSU down is it's going to be the worst crowd of the year. That Tiger Stadium is going to have a lot of empty seats in it this weekend. And can they generate enough emotion to get going? I think they will. All right, let's go to the NFL, and we will start. Let's see, guys. Um, we'll start with can the New York football giants go 3-0? and They host their rival George, the uh, the Dallas Cowboys. Who do you like? George, I got to go with the Cowboys as much as it pains me to say. Look, I, Cooper Rush showed me something last week against the Cincinnati yeah. Bengals. Yeah. They, they, it wasn't pretty, but they put together a win in winning time. I feel like the New York Giants have just landed on the shamrock. I don't believe yet that they're a good football team. So give me the Cowboys. All right. James, who do you like? It's been two miracles so far for the Giants that the fact that they're even 2-0 and <laughs> it's taken a lot for them to even get to this point. And Cooper Rush is still undefeated as a starter in the NFL. I got to go with the Cowboys. Yeah, let's make it a clean sweep. Um, I'm not sold on the Giants yet. It's been a great start for them. Good for them. Um, my goodness, what a game this is. Josh Allen in Buffalo and Tua, who tells Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, you go long right, you go long left. I'm going to throw it as far as I can. And I know you guys are going to outrace everybody and get to the ball. How fun is Miami to watch? But they're, they're taking on uh, Josh Allen um, and the Bills. George, who do you like? Miami ain't ready, Jordan. Yeah. Miami ain't ready. <laughs> and look, if, if Tua had a stronger home, I might be I might be a little persuaded to go Miami. But this Buffalo Bills team has been waiting for a long time. It might be their year. They're going to go to Miami. They're going to blow Miami out. I don't even think the game is going to be good. All right. James, are you in agreement or disagreement? Oh, I'm definitely taking the Bills on this one. I know that they're going to be without Micah Hyde and Jordan Phillips, so it's going to be two losses on the defensive side of the ball, but I don't think it matters. It's Josh Allen. It's Stephon Diggs. It's the most unstoppable duo in the league. He's a stud. He is something. Yeah, give me Buffalo. We're in agreement on that one. Uh, The Atlanta Falcons are 0-2, but, man, they've played everybody including the Saints, and they should have beat the Saints. They played everybody close. Now they got to go travel all the way across country to the West, the great Northwest, to take on Seattle. 
Do the Falcons get a win, or does the 12th man take care of business yet again? Jordan, I think the Falcons get a win because the Falcons, if you look at them, they've been impressive on the offensive line and they've been impressive on the defensive line in both their losses. And you win games in the trenches. The Seahawks are not very good. Falcons are decent. The Falcons will win this game. All right. Um, James, who do you got? The Falcons or the Dirty Birds or the Seahawks? The Seahawks played their Super Bowl in week one. Uh, I think that's going to be maybe their one win. They may get another at, at some point in the season, but at this point, the Falcons have played well. They just don't know how to finish. But at a certain point, a blind for, blind horse finds water every once in a while. I think they get the win here. All right. I, give me Marcus Mariota and the Falcons. We're all in agreement here on these NFL games. I, they they played too close. They played too hard. Um, I, I think they knocked the door down and get their first win. Green Bay at Tampa Bay. I don't know who has uh, the worst receiving group out of the two. Two Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Uh, George, do you like Rodgers or do you like Brady? I like Tampa's defense. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I don't think yeah. Tom Brady played terribly last game. Not terribly, but he played good and he won. You know, Tampa's a better football team right now, in my opinion, and and they'll be at home. I think they play good enough to win the game. Give me Tampa Bay over Green Bay. Okay. Uh, James Mesh, who I'm, are you picking? I'm going to hope that Green Bay somehow wins and Aaron Rodgers finally decides to Correct. win in Florida for once in his life. But I, I'm still going to have to take Tampa in this one. Brady just knows how to win with less, and that defense is insane. Tampa only needs to score one offensive touchdown more often than not to just win the game straight up. All right, I'm just going to go against it because I want Tampa Bay to lose so bad. Give me Green Bay. Come on, Aaron (laughs) Rodgers. Let's go. Let's go. All right. Um, I think it's – everybody says, no, it's only week three. Uh, But to me, it's it's the third game of the season. It's your third divisional matchup. Saints got to beat Carolina. Uh, They are, what, two-and-a-half-point road favorites in this one. Offense has been horrendous for seven of the eight quarters they've played thank god for the fourth quarter against atlanta or we we'd have a two we'd have two teams that would be zero and two but the saints are one and one carolina's zero and two george give me your game plan well jordy i I think for this one um you got to run the ball i think if you're the saints you have to run the ball because Jameis winston i love him but he was awful last game he was awful and last time we went to carolina he was awful then too yeah so I, i just feel like you have to run the ball and you have to dominate time of possession and let your defense do what they do best. I got to go against the grain on this one. I don't think the Saints get it done. Give me the Panthers. But if they do win, they got to run the ball successfully. Okay. One for the Panthers. All right, uh, James. I think with this one, you got you have to win this one because you've lost – to Tampa now so if you do that you're going to be one and two in the division and it's going to that these two games are going to really be big decision makers at the end of the year I, I think you got to win this one Alvin and Jameis are both questionable as well as a bunch of other players but I think ultimately they all play and you're mm-hmm. going to have to run the ball I'm scared about this one because Panthers at certain points have looked decent enough but I'm going to just go with New Orleans even though I'm not confident about it uh, I need to see Camaro. I need to see more of Taysom Hill. I'm in agreement with both of you. They've got to be able to run the football and that I'll take some pressure off of Jameis Winston. 
and uh, get rid of the ball quick, get Michael Thomas involved early and often, get Jarvis Landry involved. Stop throwing those long 40-yard bombs trying to make a big play. Let's just get down the field. Um, I think the Saints' defense puts pressure on Baker Mayfield, finally. Uh, so, yeah, give me the Saints to win this one. I think they cover the two and a half. I think the Saints win it by by a touchdown. They'll keep us on the edge of our seats, as they always do, but I think they'll, uh, they will get it done. I've got the other prediction. USA is going to win the President's Cup. How about that? How about that on a limb? There you go. We'll We're all in agreements. I'm on, a, I'm on a big limb on that one. Uh, George, <laughs> thank you so much, man. Uh, enjoy the weekend. We'll see how we do this week. James, thank you as well. We'll come back. We'll wrap this bad boy up. Football Friday edition, the Jordy Helfrich Show on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. You're home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros in Southwest Louisiana. All right, a fun show was had by all. Hope you enjoyed it half as much as we did bringing it to you. Our guests, uh, our thanks go to Koki Riley. Covering LSU, Larry Holder, the Saints, Corey Diaz, covering high school football, Adam Spencer, the SEC, George Faust, UL versus ULM, and then George and James. So thanks to all of you for, for listening in. Uh, James, thank you so much for everything you do, man. Hope we have a great weekend. Thanks to our partners that make it possible each and every day. We really couldn't do it without you. Good luck to the Tigers, to the Cajuns, to the Cowboys, to the Saints, uh, we hope all our home teams win. We'll come back Monday. We'll recap it all. So until then, I'm Jordy Helper. Stay thirsty, my friends. Um, stay healthy, please. Let's be kind to one another. And um, let's be happy. It's the weekend. So long, everybody.